Hey everyone, welcome to the Work Time Fun Podcast. I'm your coworker L, and let's get started. Hey everyone, hope you all had a great weekend. I was kind of uh, coughing my lungs out this whole weekend, so just barely recovering. Still got a little bit in, but anyways, yeah, let's get started. We've got a lot to unpack here. We've got to cover Halo Episode 2. We're going to cover Morbius, the bubble that was on Netflix, and lastly, Star Trek Strange New Worlds trailer. But before I get into those, I got to give a spoilers warning for everything that we're going to cover today. Uh, well, I guess except for the Strange New Worlds trailer, since that's just a trailer and not the actual episode or movie. So again, spoilers warning for Halo Episode 2, Morbius and the Bubble. All right, let's go. Halo Episode 2 Unbound. So I just watched this episode once. Typically when I do these kind of reviews or overviews, I watch an episode twice and then uh, do a little peek while I discuss it. But I just didn't feel like I could waste any more time watching. I'm just barely holding on watching this series. Um, but I'm curious still, so that's why I still keep going with it. Anyways, so we continue on the story with Master Chief and Quan Ha as they escape from the UNSC um, over at the Reach. And... I guess they're headed towards um, one of Master Chief's old friends. Well, I'm sure if it's really a friend because there's a flashback scene when J Master Chief was young and his buddy Soren uh, was escaping from the Spartan program, I guess when they're still training. And Soren, yeah, he got like this messed up arm, left arm there. And he actually planned to take Master Chief with him to get away from the Spartan program. Unfortunately, Master Chief didn't feel the same way and instead of escaping with him told him hey Soren you got like five minutes get out of here before I alert everyone else now back to Master Chief and Quan Ha they arrive to their destination and are greeted by a whole bunch of people with guns pointed at them of course Master Chief just kind of brushes them all off and even as they try to use his forklift to stop them Master Chief just pushes that away and proceed to go meet up with his old buddy Soren and it looks like there was some tension, but not really. I mean, it just goes as normal. They do the whole catching up kind of deal. Then you see Soren has a family now, married with a kid. Uh, Quan Ha and the kid kind of go and have a little play date or whatever. As Master Chief and Soren go talk to some prisoners or some people that were affected by the Covenant in some way or just plain out crazy. They're in these kind of cells to protect themselves from others or protect others from them i don't know anyways this is all related because master chief held on to that artifact and he's trying to ask his buddy soren if he knew anyone that might know about this covenant artifact and they come across this one guy who was actually taken by the covenant and came back so he's a little bit off and crazy and almost strikes master chief there with i mean or not really Master Chief, but he strikes, he goes for the artifact. So Master Chief braces himself, expecting that kind of EMP thing that happened last episode, but nothing happens. And so I guess that bum guy tries to take it and toss it or destroy it. Then Master Chief stops him. But as soon as he touches the artifact, then boom, that whole EMP electric shockwave, whatever happens again. All the people in the cells go crazy. That one guy, that bum that they were talking to, gets all even crazier and tells Master Chief, I know what you are, I know what you are. And then Master Chief pulls him, Water boy! 
I'm like, don't you know, dude, you're a Spartan, you're Master Chief. But anyways, <laughs> so there's this explainer about the weapon that this thing will find, and um, they don't know what to do about it. So ultimately, Master Chief thinks he has to go back to UNSC, back to Dr. Halsey. But before doing that, he leaves Quan Ha with um, Soren and says, hey, keep her safe, whatever. And then he goes on his merry way back to the UNSC. All right, that's the gist of it. I mean, there's a little bit more, but that's mostly what this episode was about. And you know, this makes me glad that I'm not really that much into the game lore, so I don't have these kinds of expectations that a lot of other people do. I know that in some forums or Twitter things I've seen that people are bashing on it because, hey, this doesn't follow the storyline or the lore of the game. And like, yeah, it doesn't. It's something else. So I can appreciate for what it is if I found it that enjoyable. But I mean, I'm kind of struggling. I'm hoping each new episode brings something new or something better that will, you know, keep me watching. Otherwise, I may just have to switch to something else. Who knows? We'll see. All right, moving on. We've got to talk about Morbius. Yes, Morbius. That came out last week. And actually, I saw this on Thursday, but I, like I said, I was kind of out coughing my lungs out. So I didn't get to talk about it on Friday or any other time that I record this podcast. So I'm talking about it now. And you've probably all seen the reviews, probably see that this is quite the movie and not in a good way. I could sum it up to this. I think I saw someone mention this on some forum or somewhere that if you like Venom, you know, Venom, Venom 2, then you're more likely to like Morbius as well, because that's a kind of bar or expectation that is set. So this is no Spider-Man movie. This is more along the lines of Venom level quality movie. So if you catch my drift, yeah. Actually, when paying back my buddy for this ticket, I put a little message there. Yeah, this is uh, for the more BS movie. <laughs> Get it? More BS? <laughs> Coming from Sony. Yeah, my comment says, man, they need to stop making movies. I mean, Sony just needs to give it back to Marvel. Hey, you go ahead. You make the story. You make the movie. Let us just profit because we own the film rights or movie rights or whatever. You know, do the same treatment that they have with Spider-Man right now. And just let Marvel do the movies, damn it. Also, this makes me feel a little bit bad for Jared Leto. You know, he just seems to not be able to catch a break. You know, he got really, like, just... Oh, man, his poor, poor um, act or whatever he was given for doing Joker in the Justice League. And then now this. I mean, oh, man, he just can't catch a break. I don't, you can also tell that Morbius was a highly edited movie, uh, almost to the point that you say this is a Justice League theatrical cut, like chop up of a movie. It just went from scene to scene. Things didn't flow very well. So I don't know if a director's cut would make it better, kind of like how the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League made it more bearable. But then you're talking about you know a movie that went up to four hours long for Justice League. I don't know if I could do that for Morbius. There's just no way, man. Mind you, this is a one hour, 40 minute something movie. Honestly, in my eyes, or the way I felt, it went by fairly quick. I mean, considering that all these other movies we've been watching, like the Batman and 
No Way Home were all like in a three hour range. So this was pretty quick for me. And I'm kind of glad because I don't know how much longer I could stand it. <laughs> also the two mid-credit scene. Yes, mid-credit scenes. Uh, they're like almost right after the credits roll. So don't even bother staying till the end unless if you want to. There's nothing at the end. Oh man, I just realized I said spoilers, but I didn't really say anything spoilery for this movie. Then again, I don't really care about talking about it. Just kind of just sharing my gripe with it with you all. <laughs> so hope you all bear with me with that. But if you do want to break down, it goes like this. So Morbius, uh, Dr. Michael Morbius is a guy that's really sickly. He has this disease. He tries to find a cure because he's a real genius. He ends up uh, becoming a vampire, but supposedly not like Dracula, just a regular vampire who could walk in daylight. So he's a daywalker like Blade, but not a vampire like Dracula. <laughs> but he still needs blood. Fortunately for him, he created artificial blood as a... Uh, that able to sustain him for a matter of time until he has to drink regular blood but if he drinks regular blood then he gets all crazy and more vampire like so his other buddy his best friend since he was a young kid um, who's been helping him fund some of his research and different things to try to save their lives because they both have the same disease well he takes the uh, same like I guess serum to become the vampire living vampire but this time his buddy Milo just loves going crazy and just eating people up, basically. So you got this fight about, all right, Michael Morbius doesn't want to keep feeding on people. And his buddy's like, hey, we should just rule the world as we are. Michael Morbius decides to put a stop to that. So he finds a way to make a serum or antidote to the vampire problem and make him normal. Except it doesn't really make him normal. It makes Milo dead. <laughs> so... But while in that process, or right before that process, uh, Morbius's friend, Martine, who's actually a female doctor, uh, she dies from injuries sustained from the fight with Milo or from Milo trying to lure Morbius into a fight. And just before she dies, I guess she bites Michael's Morbius's lip and drinks his blood. And then, you know, this goes so obvious about where it's going. Morbius was weak, so he had to, you know, drink her blood in order to make himself stronger for that fight, ending fight with Milo later on that I just described earlier. And then at the end, you see that Martine eyes light up red. So obviously, you know, she becomes a vampire, too. So I guess Morbius is like Dracula then, isn't he? Eh, who knows? And this is a segue to the next movie, The Bubble. Now, I was just searching around, seeing what I could watch. There's multiple options. I was like, okay, let's find something lighthearted. I go on Netflix and catch something called The Bubble. Now, this has a lot of stars in it, you know. I see Karen Gillan in the trailer. I see a lot of people like Rob Delaney, Fred Armisen. Who was in here? Uh, Maria Bakalova, who was the one in the, uh, the Borat movie. Ooh, Leslie Mann, Iris Apatow, Pedro Pascal, uh, Keegan-Michael Key. David Duchovny, come on, I meant so many people, and this is a Judd Apatow film, so you know, still that kind of comedy there. You you think this would be something funny, right? Yeah, wrong. The comedy on here fell flat for me on so many levels. I mean, all right, here's a synopsis here. Now, this is my own words because I don't feel like looking it up, but basically, they're making a film called Cliff B Six and 
this is kind of a mockumentary type film because it was filmed during the pandemic so this is a film about the film oh i know if you think about the movie tropic thunder that's kind of what this is trying to achieve that same effect but not at all so this movie is them trying to film cliff b6 during a quarantine and all the things that can go wrong during that just to heighten levels and exaggerated levels more like it uh which just is just plain stupid doesn't really catch anything funny here by the end of this movie you just see that it becomes a documentary about filming the movie um from the guy that was doing all the behind the scenes footage and so yeah it just becomes the bubble because the bubble is where everyone was kept in quarantine to do this film anyway uh, do not recommend from me uh skip delete it dislike it if you can uh without even watching it but if you do um make sure you drink a lot or whatever and that's how you'll enjoy it all right and now something to a little bit better or something that seems a little bit better uh we've got a star trek strange new worlds trailer that just released today uh, this is also going to be on paramount plus streaming network and show is going to be on may 5th so what I liked about this trailer, I mean, it shows it's got humor. It's got that adventure, you know, boldly go, no one's been before. Got some witty dialogue from Captain Pike, who was portrayed by Anson Mount. Might remember him from The Inhumans. He was a quiet guy. <laughs> Actually, he was also in the other Star Trek show on Paramount Plus, the Star Trek Discovery. I haven't really watched it, so I have no uh, comments on that one. But yeah, this one looks interesting. It's got that original Star Trek, you know, for William Shatner times vibes. And he's using the USS Enterprise. So this is right before Captain Kirk's time. So, oh, we'll see. All right. That is it for me. I squeezed in all those little reviews or overviews in just about the same amount of time I normally do my podcast episodes. So, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to me. So until next time. Have a fantastic day.